Gott helft eure Monster Monster Zuhörers. Ein herzlichen Borg Abort zu unserem beliebten Podcast. Ich bin Leser von der Webserie Yidlife Crisis. We got our start in Yiddish at Montreal's Jewish Peoples and Parrot Schools. This month, we're here with a story by the great namesake of our alma mater, Yitzchak Leibish Peretz. We hear lots of stories by the so-called pious of the world, stories that promise gardens of delights for the devout and eternal damnation for the wicked. Yet time and again, we see how the sanctimonious turn out to be wolves in sheep's clothing, or in this classic tale, a kitty cat. The great parrots wrote this timeless story of religious piety gone cat shit insane in 1893. The Pious Cat by Yud Lamed Parrots, translated from Yiddish by Ellie Katz, and read here by Jaime Elman and Laser Battalion. In a certain house there were three canaries, and all three were done in by the cat, one after the other. This was no ordinary cat, but a truly pious soul. Not for nothing did she wear the white smock of a good Jewish housewife, and her eyes reflected the heavens. She was a pious cat, attentive to ritual cleanliness. She washed herself ten times a day, and she always sat quietly somewhere off in the corner, out of the way. All day long she ate nothing but one or two mouthfuls of dairy food, and only after nightfall did she touch meat. Kosher mouse meat. And she didn't rush through her meal like a vulgar creature. She didn't seize her food and gulp it down like a glutton. She ate daintily and playfully. She let the mouse live one more second and still another, let it dance a bit, tremble a bit, and recite its final confession. A pious cat does not rush things. When the first canary was brought into the house, she immediately felt compassion for it, and her heart was moved. So pretty, she sighed, so tiny, to think that such a delightful bird must be deprived of a life hereafter. And the cat was certain that for the bird there could be no life hereafter. First of all, it bathed itself in the modern way, immersing its entire body in a bowl of water. And besides, since it had been put in a cage, it must certainly be a vicious creature, having more interest in dynamite than in divinity even though it looked like such a young, sweet, charming canary. And what of the singing itself, that wanton singing with the whistling obligato, while the bird gazes directly up at heaven without an ounce of humility, and the way it strains to fly out of the cage, out into the sinful world, toward the open window and the open air? Was ever a cat put into a cage? And did ever a pious cat whistle in that immoral way? And it's such a pity weeps the tender-hearted cat. It is, after all, a living creature, a precious soul, a spark from on high. Tears fill the cat's eyes. It's all because its sinful body is so beautiful. That is why it is so attached to worldly pleasures, why temptation is so irresistible. How can such a sweet little bird be expected to withstand such overwhelming temptation? And the longer it lives, the more it will sin, and the greater will be its punishment. And a sacred flame was kindled in the cat, the flame of Pinhas ben Eliezer ben Aaron the high priest. She jumped up on the table where the canary's cage stood, and soon the feathers flew. They beat the cat, and she accepted the blows as her due. She sighed virtuously and meowed her doleful repentance. She would sin no longer. 
The clever cat realized why she had been beaten. She understood now that she had been beaten because of the feathers strewn about the room and the bloodstains on the white embroidered tablecloth. The sentence should have been executed quietly, with discretion and propriety, without feathers flying or the shedding of blood. When the second bird was brought into the house, she throttled it quietly and without fuss, and swallowed it, feathers and all. They whipped the cat. Now at last she understood that it wasn't a matter of feathers or of bloodstains on the tablecloth. The secret is, thou shalt not kill. One must love. One must forgive. Not through the just retribution of the executioner will the sinful world be redeemed. Offer moral instruction. Preach self-improvement. Speak to the heart. A penitent canary might reach levels of holiness to which even the most pious cat could hardly aspire. And the cat feels his heart swell with joy. An end to the old, harsh, wicked times. An end to bloodshed, compassion, compassion, and more compassion. And compassionately she approached the third canary. Don't be afraid, she whispered in the softest voice ever to come forth from a feline throat. It's true you are a sinner, but I will not harm you because I have pity on you. I won't even open your cage. I won't even touch you. You're silent? Very good. Silence is preferable to brazen singing. You're trembling. Better still, tremble, my child, but not before me. Tremble before the Creator of the universe, before our dear Lord. May you remain always thus, quiet, pure, and trembling. I will help you to tremble. From within my pious soul I will breathe stillness, sweetness, and virtue into you. With my breath, faith will enter your body, the fear of God will permeate your bones, and true repentance will enter your heart. And only now does the cat begin to feel how blessed it is to forgive and what joy it is with one's own breath to infuse piety and virtue into another. And the pious heart swells in this most pious of white cats. But the canary could not endure the feline breath. It suffocated her. The Pious Cat, written by Yudlamid Peretz in 1893, read here by Ellie Battalion.